Temporal Agents Log, Stardate Irrelevant. Welcome to the Temporal Investigations Archive. Join me as I re-watch all of Star Trek in complete chronological order, from outside existence to the Big Bang, all the way to the ends of the universe. This may be the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise, doing what no sane entity has ever done before. I'm your host, Dan Hitch. Welcome to the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Temporal Trek. We're going to be examining Ascension from Deep Space Nine in just a moment for this, the episode seven. Now to you, uh, you're probably listening to it back to back, possibly in the far-flung future. Who knows, maybe you're just listening as and when. It's nice to have you no matter what. But you may have noticed that there were, there's a bit of a gap between this episode and its style and some of the other episodes previously. It's because I've spent so much time editing. Uh, <laughs> it's taken me so long just getting back into using the software and trying to get used to it. Uh, so I'm back in the saddle, but I uh, apologise now if things aren't as easy to listen to as previous episodes as I got kind of into a swing of it, just wanted to record them in batch, get ahead of myself, have a bit of a buffer and then come back to it later. But this episode, Ascension, I've been re-watching the episode as best I could. I'm still looking after baby Zack. He comes first. Well, I should say toddler Zack now. He's growing up already that fast. And I have to wait for him to sort of go down for a nap before I can do these sorts of things. So it's going to be quite interesting as time goes on and naps become fewer. But what I am going to do is going to try and change up the formula. Try and change the intro and the outro. Again, if anyone out there wants to make a little funny jingle or anything like that, please, by all means, send it in to me. I can then edit it in uh, mp3 part files or anything like that please you know feel free to send it all in just kind of want to jazz it up a bit more i also want to update all the outro information there's new twitter handles and things like that so that'll be coming up soon as well possibly not with this episode but in future episodes so you know keep following keep going uh, there'll be new ways of doing it there's a website with all the timestamps that will be written up for you as well so if you want to follow along you have like a, a little website you can print off and everything like that but Let's get back to the episode proper. So, Ascension from Deep Space Nine. We're going to start at timestamp 37 minutes and 2 seconds. We're back with Cisco, and he seems to be taking uh, a Bajoran in a runabout into the worm. Just to give you a bit of preamble before we get into Out of Time. I know what the episode is, I know what it actually stands for, but I want to try and keep all the discussion focused to just the minutes and seconds that we're watching for each of these episodes. When the episode comes around in full rotation, going to watch it in its entirety so we're almost experiencing time from the perspective of the characters in the show at the moment all we're doing is watching these segments from outside time uh, going back through some of the old episodes i was you know sort of flipping between the two it wasn't very concentrated it's quite difficult to sort of see where i'm coming from and it probably makes it very confusing for you as listeners so i'm just going to keep to this so cisco and this bajoran have just appeared where the prophets live there are several different characters kira is one of them bashir is another there's also a uh, vedic a priest uh, Bajoran priest in there as well. I had to look up his name on IMDb, but it's never explicitly said inside the segment, so I'm just going to refer to him as Vedic Priest. I'm not going to use his name, but he does speak occasionally, but nothing too serious. Really, it's Kira Bashir and a callback to lovely Opaka from the Emissary episode as well. As soon as Cisco appears with this random Bajoran, who may remain nameless, as does in this section, as soon as he appears, Kira seems a little bit confused. You know, you're the Cisco? You know, she doesn't really expect him to be there, uh, which is odd, uh, considering that... But him being the emissary seems to be the focus of this section. 
I wonder what's going on in normal time. You are the Cisco, she says. So it seems like they've forgotten him, perhaps? Is he engaging in the prophets in a different or earlier state of their temporal existence? Doesn't seem to be from what comes later in this particular segment. But it just seems a bit odd that she delivered it in such a way. Could be an actor's choice, could be a writing choice. Could be that that week they were feeling a little bit off. Who knows? They look at the Bajoran. And they say, this is the one that was injured. And then the Bajoran speaks up. Yes, you gave me back my life. So we're getting the sense that this is some man who was inside the wormhole, the prophets took care of, and then sent him back to Bajoran society. They still seem rather confused. And Odo appears, in fact. Odo, Bashir, and Kira. Why are you here? The Bajoran says, to prove to this non-believer, focusing at Cisco, that you sent me here to put Bajor back on the right path. He seems determined to tell the prophets and get the prophets to reinforce the fact that he is the emissary, not Cisco. There seems to be a bit of a contention between the two. He starts talking about things like first he put me back later than i lived the bajoran is trying to use terms of time which as we know from previous dealings with prophets is a bit of an odd concept to them they kind of understand the game as cisco was explaining through baseball in the previous emissary episode but still the idea of first later past future fairly new for them maybe to them you know barely seconds of past in terms of time and, and scale they're still trying to get their head around that concept. Cisco then butts in and says, The Bajorans believe that you are their prophets. Odo says, We are of Bajor. Now I'm trying to remember whether that ever gets resolved. As far as I know, it's never explicitly said what we are of Bajor means. Although I know it does have implications later on, even in this scene. Odo then says they are linear. Kira then says it limits them. So there's almost an aspect... Again, coming back to parallels with our previous episodes, the Megans, the Traveller, now the Q, previous in previous experiences with the Prophets, the idea that they are trying to dumb themselves down for our interpretation. They're saying they don't understand, but Cisco says, we want to understand, can you try and explain it to us? And it's a very interesting thing about this segment is that these are two mortal beings trying to understand a god for lack of a better word they're trying to find meaning in every action that the prophet aliens the wormhole aliens take but it's quickly becoming apparent that there is no grand design to the prophets in terms of sending emissaries and their actions particularly when we're talking about this and Bajoran. Kira then reinforces he was injured Bashir says we kept him with us now the Bajoran straight away butts in and says so that i could bring back the dejaras you spared me from the occupation cisco wants to try and get a little bit more clarification and butts in and says is that what you want the bajorans have been through a very long occupation it's referenced here so i can sort of talk about it a little bit here even though it's not dealt with as a subject matter of the segment bajorans have experienced a, a, a great suffering effectively We'll go through more details of the occupation when we go through the series. But they've gone through this great period of suffering. He seems determined to think that he's going to be the emissary of these prophets, but he was kept out of that suffering. Here we're presented with a character who has deliberately not gone through it and thinks that that somehow makes him the better choice to be an emissary, to be a way forward. The random uh, Vedic uh, person then says, the Jajaras are what Cisco calls the past. So they have been learning. They sort of understand that there is this concept of what has been doesn't necessarily have to be now. 
Kira then pipes in again. What was can never be again. Again, very odd here for the prophets to be saying this. They've only just worked out what past, present and future are. And now, based on some of the things that Cisco taught them, they think that everything that's past can no longer be present or could not be brought back. The Dejaras, again, not explicitly dealt with in here, but it's at least mentioned. The Dejaras are a sort of guild trade line that deals with families and status and caste systems. The idea that if you're born to a certain level of society, you have to go into certain trades, be it art, ironmongery, and, and he thinks he needs to bring that back. Now, Dejaras are a concept. Just because they were in the past and are no longer there doesn't necessarily mean that a concept or a, a perhaps a, a philosophical or political idea can't come back. Uh, there's certainly a prevalence in historical research for viewing things in cycles that viewpoints and ways of doing things do come round again. Dejaras are just another way of doing something. They may be controversial, they may not be viewed as very progressive, but they are a system of working a society. Systems can easily come back into fashion. So it could be down to the dumb nature of the prophets. They don't understand that concepts could be brought back. Objects, people uh, through death cannot come back to life but they don't seem to equate the same thing to concepts. They think concepts can die, and then once they die, they stay in the past. So it is a bit odd that they, they still haven't worked out that there's some nuance or distinguishing factors between two different things, living beings and objects being destroyed, compared to concepts and ideas which could in some way come back from the past. The random Bajoran, again, we don't know his name in this segment, but we will in when we watch the episode. Why did you send me back into the future? But Odo then throws a bit of a spanner in the works. He says, for the Cisco. And within seconds, this random Bajoran has already seen the error of his ways, realises he's wrong, and says, you should have let me die when I was in here. So he must have been very badly injured, for starters. The prophets did a pretty good job of fixing him up, so uh, there doesn't seem to be any lasting damage physically. With the prophets only giving one bit of information, this passionate Bajoran, who believed at first he was the emissary as soon as he appeared inside the wormhole, now suddenly gives that up and says, no, give it over to this emissary. I don't really care about it then. Uh, if uh, I wasn't really supposed to be here, then so be it. He doesn't fight his corner. He doesn't feel there's some sort of conviction that the prophets are therefore wrong. Now, as a religious man, maybe he doesn't want to question his gods. Fair enough. But he seemed so strong in his convictions at the very beginning of the scene. And within not even 30 seconds of this little bit of dialogue between our characters and the prophets, he's already given up his position. Very, very quick turnaround. He then says, well, why don't I just go back to my own time? Uh, Odo says we could allow him to die. Cisco immediately shoots this down and says, no, allow him to return. Odo could then say uh, he would remember nothing. Now, that's bizarre. Cisco didn't know that until Odo then told him that he would remember nothing. Cisco, as a Starfleet officer, does have some sense of temporal prime directives. We've seen with Picard in the Generations episode that he was trying to protect the status quo. Cisco should be doing the same thing. If you're sending a man back into the past, aren't there going to be ripple effects? Aren't there going to be butterfly effects that could affect future but cisco uh doesn't seem to have any bearing of that he he thinks yeah it's a great idea get him out of my hair fine 
Uh, at this point, Cisco is completely bald, so there's not much hair for him to get into. But it's very bizarre that we've just had a captain in Generations trying to protect time. And here we have a captain who is putting this individual above the idea of protecting the temporal timeline, uh, status quo, timey-wimey stuff. Having just had Death Wish, we've now got individual versus a way that the Federation likes to act. The individual versus the state. Trying to bring it all together here. Um, <laughs> I'll find any tenuous link I can. But this Bajoran uh, has accepted this um, with no further debate whatsoever about the ramifications of sending a man back in time. Even if he doesn't remember the future, he will now appear in the past and every action that he takes will affect the future. This is probably the first time now in Season Zero where we've had a direct piece of time travel that could affect future events. He will be sent back so far back that it will be after Megas 2, but certainly before when we did no, where no one has built, gone before. The ramifications of him going back, even to just Bajor. Now, Bajor doesn't enter into the sphere of the Federation until many years later, but his actions on the planet could affect the way the occupation plays out, who's alive, who's dead. He is a well-known scholar, I remember, I seem to remember. Again, not played in this thing, so I can't really base that into my judgments, but he's a well-known personality. Otherwise, they wouldn't have chosen him as an emissary. So sending him back will have an impact, even if he doesn't remember anything of, just ha of what's just happened. Are we looking now at a slightly deviated prime timeline from this point forward? We'll have to see when we do the review. He's instantly sent home. He evaporates into a sort of white golden cloud of nothing, haziness. And Opaka turns up. Nice little callback to Emissary. Opaka, why? She just says. Why do you stay here? Cisco seems a bit puzzled, uh, but then he realises, I still have questions. And he wants to ask. She just simply says, we are of Bajor. Cisco has no idea what, she is, what he's saying. Again, th these prophets don't seem to explain themselves very well. He says, what does that mean? Then she just sort of presses into the point and goes, you are of Bajor. And at this point... We stop at timestamp 40 minutes and 28 seconds. So there we have it. We've reviewed our temporal... So there we have it. We've reviewed our temporal investigations file for this segment. There's not much else to go on here. It's a very short one. Uh, at this point, as I'm recording, it's only getting up to 20 minutes. So not much waffle from me, thankfully. But we are of Bajor. You are of Bajor. We're starting to set up that there might be something more about Cisco than what we're being let on to know. Perhaps we'll find out a little bit more when we go through our journey of Season Zero outside of time. What could that mean? We are of Bajor. I've always had a secret theory about the Prophets that, that they are, in fact, the Bajorans in the future. They've evolved to a certain state, as we've seen with the Q, as we've seen with the Travellers, as we saw with the Megans. It's not outside of Trek lore for physical beings to evolve into a higher state. Perhaps they are now visiting themselves. Uh, they've gone back in time. They exist so far out of time that they can then re-engage with themselves in history with no ramifications whatsoever. They sent this random Bajoran back with no knowledge of who he is. What if they have no knowledge of themselves? They just know that they are of Bajor and there's nothing else. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll find out more in the future. Okay, we're going to come to ratings now. Uh, as I've been saying in previous episodes, I want to try and keep it loose. So I want to stay away from five stars, ten stars, whatever rating systems you are. 
and try and look at the makeup of the episode and its effects. So starting off, effects on canon. There's the canon of the events, A, B, C and D. Well, at the beginning of this scene, as far as I was concerned, Cisco was the emissary. This pretender was there, and as soon as the scene ends, Cisco's the emissary. There's literally no difference whatsoever. I strongly suspect that if this episode never happened, perhaps Cisco would still have his doubts about being the emissary, which seemed to be hinted at in some of the dialogue we saw in just this clip, but there's not really anything else that changes. The episode stays the same. He started as the emissary, he ends the emissary, just slightly more aware of his convictions, and that there's some added element to who he is, perhaps his secret identity, who knows. But in terms of canon, there's nothing really changed here. Now in terms of temporal canon, we've seen a traveller go back in time. We've seen someone leave this line of history and then be sent back. Now unlike, say, your traditional sort of grandfather paradox, this traveller doesn't know he's time-travelled. So you could argue that without knowledge of the future, without knowledge of what's to come, there shouldn't be any effect. But his physical presence in the past that he was never part of, which he would have been out of up to the point of this episode, now that he's gone back, all the subsequent events from the occupation all the way through are now changed. For instance, if he goes back and falls in love with someone new, his wife dies, he falls in love with someone new, has new children, those children then have more children that didn't exist before and so on and so on and so on. There's whole lines of people. Now you could argue that with the occupation coming up with this mass suffering there were huge amounts of Bajorans who were killed, enslaved, and so on. They were probably just wiped out, and therefore their effect on history is minimal. But they were still working for the Cardassians, who were still occupying Bajor, who were still a military force. There, there's wider galactic ramifications of a change to Bajor than we might originally think. So now I have to based on this segment, and this is something I'll be doing throughout the podcast. This was one of the things I was hoping to come across much earlier than just uh, episode 7. Now we have to watch all of the subsequent canon, all of TNG and all of DS9, thinking that it might be slightly different to how history paints it. Now, the occupation is before TNG, but well after TOS. So we can f be fairly confident the TOS has not been changed. Perhaps just after TOS movies, maybe something's going to change. Maybe we'll have to look out for that as well. But you could easily say that there is now a time traveller that has changed, effectively, history. We definitely know that Picard's lifetime, from, say, the Stargazer era, is now different. There's going to be something different about this timeline. So any of the effects on the timeline, if they seem to deviate from each other, if there's uh, contradictory terms, perhaps we're watching two different timelines. We have now introduced two timelines to our prime-ish timeline. Two streams, if as it were, to the timeline. So, improvements. There's not really much to go on here. I would have liked a little bit more guts to it. I would have liked a little bit more discussion about the Prophet's 
becoming gods, whether that was ever their intention, unintended consequences of the prophet's influence on Bajoran life, Cisco perhaps drilling down to specifics about what his role is supposed to be. Now, it's, it's difficult because obviously the prophets are supposed to be loose. They're supposed to be so above us and lofty that they're never going to give specifics. But just giving us a little bit more intrigue, a bit more mystery, might have been a bit nice to, to have that uh, and add it in. As a scene, it seems to work well. I did notice that obviously the Bajoran, this uh, fake emissary, kind of gave up his mission really, really quickly. Well, as soon as he was cast into even just a glimmer of doubt, he instantly gave up. Now, I proposed that obviously he's not going to question his own gods, but wouldn't you have a little bit more sense of conviction? Uh, the idea that you thought you were an emissary, that's, that's pretty big news. They're not just going to give up on that idea. But for sense of time on the episode, yes, he has to give up. But I would have liked a little bit more back and forth between him, perhaps just him and Cisco, and then that way it could be more direct and not lofty uh, having a discussion with the prophets. So, do I recommend to fans and non-fans? To fans, not really, no. <laughs> um, as I said, at the beginning of the episode, when he enters into the wormhole and speaking with the prophets, to me, he was the emissary. When he leaves, he's still the emissary. There's literally nothing new for the fans to know. There's nothing great about what, what's being discussed here. It's literally the decision between one guy who thought he had the job and someone who thought he was better at the job and now it's gone back to the original guy again. You know, this is a dispute between two people who went for the same job. That's pretty much it. To non-fans, no, not really. Uh, it's nothing really to go on here. Uh, you're being told about emissaries and prophets and gods, but without any of the backstory, without me knowing about the occupation, I couldn't add any flavour to my review of this segment. Without knowing a bit more, there's not really much to go on. It's fairly boring. The delivery of the scene is pretty, pretty beige. If I was to describe it as a colour, there's not really much going on here. So as far as my review, I cannot... Uh, recommend to any non-fans or Star Trek fans either. And that's it for this episode, for episode 7, Ascension. Now, we're going to go back to the Delta Quadrant in our next episode. We're back on Voyager, Season 3, The Q and the Grey, and we're going to start at timestamp 17 minutes and 34 seconds. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temporal Trek Podcast at Rider underscore Coattail. Or contact me directly at Hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore Hitch underscore Writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all. But, if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream.